3: 691 2173 or download your free investor's guide now at
2: buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com.
4: When it comes to a thriving career, everyone could use a little support, especially when it comes to transitions. At LHH, we help every step of the way. We're committed to personalized support, insights, and resources that lead to more job opportunities than ever before. No matter what role a professional has in your organization, Our services offer an experience that fits each person individually. And for organizations, LHH provides consultant support and guidance through the entire outplacement or career transition process. Understanding the sensitivity and impact on your team, the world is full of new possibilities, and we help both organizations and individuals realize the possibility of what's next it's outplacement reimagined visit LHHTalent.com that's LHHTalent.com to get in touch with an outplacement consultant today because everyone and every organization could use a little support especially when it comes to transitions LHH helping you every step of the way visit LHHTalent.com
3: welcome on in let's roll I, uh oh I hear the paper shuffling uh we have a new king of twitter the big story this afternoon elon musk took out his checkbook 44 billion dollars to buy up all the shares twitter promising a new era of free speech i don't go on twitter but i'm aware that most people don't contention about
2: (laughs) it's a a very it's a very tiny it's a very tiny fraction of america that actually tweets on twitter is that right? Oh, yeah. I'll, uh, you know what? I'll, I'll get the numbers. You'd be shocked, like, how small the percentage is of people who, who actually tweet. People have accounts, but very few use them.
3: The uh, number they put out is 217 million monetizable daily active users. For its latest corporate filings: two hundred
2: seventeen million, and that,
3: that's worldwide, though, right? Uh,
2: or
3: are they not outside the? Well,
2: I, I, I tell you, uh, from what I've read, it is something like six, six percent of the tweeters account for eighty percent of the tweets.
3: I remember you mentioned that. So yeah.
2: A while. So you take you, you, you take the six percent of that two hundred seventeen million,
3: oh.
2: and most of them are young. And female and very left wing. So is that right? the whole yeah, the whole thing is cockeyed way it's a lot to the of celebrities,
3: left. Celebrities, isn't it? Yeah, just promoting. Way for people it's, to follow famous people it, somehow. I guess. Nah,
2: it's mostly to promote stuff. Wow. It, it's people promoting their Johnny uh, their careers. Clear? What are you doing here? Yeah, I don't know if that does any good, but. Yeah, but no, I'm serious. I I don't I don't th- I think what it does is builds a profile for uh, you know a lot of writers because they argue with each other on Twitter. That's mostly what it's used for. They insult each other. They debate each other over nonsense. Um, there's well, at
3: 140 p- characters at a time, you have to most most
2: and- most of them are are pretty sh- sh- shorter than that. Yeah, it's 280 now. No. But, I mean,
3: it's it's not
2: uh, – what I heard this morning, one analyst said it's basically a garbage business because when you compare the uh, the hundreds of billions of dollars that, that Google and Facebook take in compared to you know relative pennies for Twitter, there isn't a whole lot of money in there at all. And it's not that widely used compared to Google and Facebook. It just gets an outsized amount of attention because there are a lot of celebrities and political people on it. And the news media finds it a cheap – Really cheap, lazy way to cover people in the news. Oh, so-and-so tweeted this. But there isn't a a whole lot of value in it. And they don't sell much advertising compared to the size of the audience they
3: have. Well, if somebody paid me uh, $44 billion for a company I started in 2007, I consider that a pretty good investment.
2: Yeah, but it's just it's tiny compared to the other social media uh, and, and it is it is a small number of people who tweet a lot. Right. Oh, and a lot of them are, are bots. Like, there's a huge percentage that are, are fake uh, Yeah, I fake
3: thought they tweets. were cleaning
2: that up. But... No, they haven't. In fact, one of the things Elon Musk says is he's going to finally take on the bot problem. Because
3: and the it bots... says in the story that at one point they were claiming 300 million users, but now they whittled it down... To actual daily uses is 120 million. So
2: the, the, there's there's nothing there's nothing more inflated than than tweet statistics. It's like one of the big lies of the modern era.
3: So the money, I mean, they're claiming their revenue was 1.4 billion in 2014. Now it's over five billion. That's also a pretty good jump. Yeah. But they only they only booked the profit in 2018 and 2019. They've lost money the past two years. So. Uh, that's a lot of that's a lot of expenses to be losing money if you're taking in uh, five billion dollars. Wow,
2: like Facebook's revenue uh, was 117 billion. Yeah, you see, so uh,
3: I you know if you're going to compare them to the other social media giants, but still, in and of itself, it's still a sizable company, and that's a lot of money. Uh, $44 it, billion no, dollars. No, I'm saying the stock actually
2: hasn't moved much since it since it went into. Uh, uh, Being like uh, Google's uh, revenue, uh, two hundred and fifty seven billion. So I'm saying is in the space, to, uh, it's considered a minor player.
3: Yeah, but in the world of social media, which there are so few players, it's pretty good to be a player. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of players. So, you know, you know how many people would love to break into this and cannot look at Trump social media company? I don't think that's doing anything right now. Uh, It's valued right now at around $54 a share. It was $39 a share just before Musk got interested in the company. So obviously that always drives up the share price as people try to get in there uh, to see if they can make something when the company is sold. But uh, well below the company's stock high was $77 a share last year. And we all believe he did this because he doesn't, what, think it's, it's too woke? Is that what he's doing? Well, what they do is they actively
2: suppress uh, conservative tweets and conservative tweeters, and uh, they amplify uh, woke tweets and woke tweeters, yeah.
3: Well, they threw Trump off. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good example. Like the IELTOLA was still had, a, had an account... Uh, you know the terrorist organizations around the world have accounts, but they threw Trump off.
3: Yeah, I remember we talked about that a few years ago. That uh, there were all sorts of terrorist people who were posting stuff about killing, and they left them alone, pretty much.
2: Yeah, here, here it says for the uh, for the uh, fewer than a quarter of U.S. adults use Twitter, making it one of the least used of the top social media platforms, of those who are on Twitter, a mere 10% account for the vast majority of tweets, 80%. So yeah. 10% of 22% is 2%. So you have 2% of the country responsible for 80% of the tweets. The other 90% of the tweets uh, of tweeters use it maybe twice a month. It's, it, it's just, it's hev- it's heavily weighted towards the hyper-political. Right. Or, or people in in various businesses promoting their careers or products or whatever.
3: Right. So what's he going to do with it? Is he going to just uh, uh, you said he's going to try to get rid of? The, I, I don't know. This is just, this is the guys who were talking about a few weeks ago was uh, what the edit button. It's uh, guys who get very rich and bored. You know. Yeah, it, I'm it, just more curious why he took this up then. I mean, so many other companies, other things he could do. He right. clearly has had some bug up his uh yeah about twitter yeah i well uh, if you take him at his word he's
2: pissed off on how they uh, uh on how they uh squash free speech i think i think the new york post hunter biden story was probably a tipping point because you could see clearly how they took a story that was very negative towards biden and his family and they suppressed it and that could have uh, changed the election yeah they weren't it, the only ones though but no, no, weird. I know. I know. But but be, be, because they see the social media is a good workaround from regular media. When regular media decides to suppress something, you can spread this through social media very effectively unless social media is in on the suppression, which, as we found out, that's that's what's been going on the last few years. You not only have regular media, but you have social media and they're all lined to suppress the other viewpoint, the unwoke viewpoint.
3: Now the question becomes does he get more Twitter people clients or do they drop out after the takeover becomes complete? maybe he yeah. who knows if he's in it for money? I mean he's, yeah I don't know that he is. I think you're right. it's a personal thing to him that he thinks he can do better with it than the management it has
2: I mean I would and, I uh, would it find problems. it entertaining if I had 300 billion dollars to uh, to sh- shut down some annoying parasite like Twitter. And, and their stupid, woke ideology. I, I would want to do it just for fun. It'd be worth the $40 billion or $50 billion to
3: me. Yeah. yeah,
2: Just do it because you can.
3: All right. When we come back, we both noticed a story this morning that, uh, well, it merits uh, a bit of a discussion. And it actually happened during the show on Friday. And it does actually happen from time to time. Somebody burnt themselves to death. Yep, they set themselves on fire. Coming up next. John and Ken KFI. These things actually were happening during the show. But the one that got most of the attention, obviously, because it was a gunman who opened fire in a neighborhood in Washington, the northwest section of Washington, D.C. Everything had to lock down. He eventually was later found dead. Four people were shot in that incident. But not... Much later in the day, I think it was 630 East Coast time during our show, something else happened that actually happened before. As unusual as it is, a person set themselves on fire outside the United States Supreme Court and they died. This was a plaza in front of the court building. His name, we have found out, is Win Bruce, 50 years old, from Boulder, Colorado. Why would somebody burn themselves to death in front of the United States Supreme Court? Mm. Well, uh, he is a climate activist, and they were actually hearing a case dealing with the EPA and the climate, and I guess that's why he picked. Now, also, Friday was Earth Day. When you, when you set yourself on fire,
2: you are sending your carbon into the atmosphere, you're actually uh, adding more warming gases to the yes. planet. So I, I thought that was uh, just, uh, I thought that that was uh, like violence towards the planet that he committed.
3: It would, would not seem a logical way for someone that is a climate activist <laughs> to try to get attention. You know what's funny? And it, that's what they're saying this is. Not a suicide, not a protest. Well, Almost like they're it, describing it, and these would be, it, be friends of his as a sacrifice. It is. It is. It is suicide.
2: World. When when you when you set yourself on fire and you die, that that's a suicide. Uh, everybody's got a reason for suicide. His was you know protest over the uh, climate, but all he did is release his carbons into the atmosphere. So I don't know how that helped. Well, and uh, I, there's what what does he think that the world's gonna gonna stop? Like I was supposed to park my car for the day.
3: He apparently uh, was a Zen Buddhist priest. Yeah, or a Zen Buddhist. I- uh, I'm talking about a friend. Apparently, Kritki Kenko has been interviewed. is a climate scientist at something called the Environmental Defense Fund, and a Zen Buddhist priest in Boulder. Said she is a friend of Mr. Bruce, and it was um, it was a planned act of protest. This act is not a suicide. She wrote on Twitter. This is a deeply fearless act of compassion to bring attention to climate crisis. But this has happened before. A couple of other people have done the same thing for the same reason. I don't know that it moves the needle. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
2: And I the thing really is, don't. all his wacky friends, they don't want to admit that it, all he did was kill himself. And this is he just wasted his life, which is fine. It's his life. If he wants to do that, go right ahead. But... Uh, the, 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 the amount of uh, euphemisms being used here and uh, all this circular, semi-spiritual way of, uh, of explaining this, he was insane. There isn't a single thing he could do to stop uh, global warming or climate change. There's nothing he can do about the way modern life exists. Nothing. And so he's all pissy and frustrated. And he decides, all right, well, I'll show everybody. I'm going to set myself on fire. It's like, whoop. Now what now he's a pile of ashes and uh what's the accomplishment here
3: I mean it's just uh, eight, eight, I, eight. I would doubt he had a family since he wouldn't want any kids behind in this manner but
2: so this uh this person Kriti Kanko
3: yeah that you mentioned woman. yeah, this and is, she's a doctor
2: she says, get this, okay now this is the, this this attitude is the definition of a cult. People are being driven to extreme amounts of climate grief and despair. Who? Her friend? Uh, extreme amounts of... Well, we see these stories
3: of... every now and then about people who are really uh, anxious about the climate. We've covered them. They, they do exist. The New York Times loves to interview them.
2: You ever meet one? No.
3: No, I haven't either. No. You... In the hundreds of conversations I might have over the course of a month, you know, this doesn't come up. My wife and I used
2: to go to a lot of plays, especially before the pandemic, and, and the one a few years ago, I, I, I've been tracking how, how woke garbage infiltrates and infests all the art forms. And the first pl- one of the early plays that I, I just found, it's like, oh, my God, if this is the way it's going, I'm not going to theater anymore, was a play about a young couple based in the valley here. And they were all full of angst and despair over whether they should raise a child uh, while climate change was going on.
3: Yeah, that's uh, real. I've, I've seen those interviews with people that feel uh, that way.
2: Yeah, and my my advice is don't, please, okay? Because obviously you two are nuts, and you're going to raise a neurotic mess of a child, so why don't you just like uh, reel it in, pull it out, snip it off, whatever you have to do. Don't don't go reproducing, because you're completely out of your mind, and, and the same thing here.
3: Yeah, and I like the way uh, this woman, Dr. Kritke, said um, she's concerned. I do not want what I do not want to happen is that young people will start thinking about doing this because of what Mr. Bruce did, which is weird. I don't think we're going to see a rash. Well, but, but she called it a not deep. Not like we see horrible mass shootings or something. But the thing is, she wrote that this is a deeply fearless act of compassion.
2: So she's praising it on the one hand, and then she says, well, I don't want to see other people do it.
3: Well, well maybe a, that is a contradiction. So, I mean,
2: well, which is it? Is it a deeply fearless act of compassion bringing attention to the climate crisis? Which, by the way, we haven't heard enough about, right? That's one thing that's but it has been a little short of climate crisis awareness in this country. Hardly ever comes up anymore.
3: Uh, Apparently, Mr. Bruce was, um, well, he read a lot about uh, monks who burned themselves, uh, especially Vietnamese monks burned themselves to death in protest during the Vietnam War. Isn't that funny, though? Because it's Vietnamese
2: monks, people go, oh, yes, Zen Buddhism, something mystical
3: and And higher life form about it. Yes.
2: Nobody stops to think it's like, wow, that is a crazy religious cult. They get all yeah. worked up over nothing, and then they burn themselves to death. Who, like, who would
3: want to join that? What kind of lessons would you get from that crowd? To burn oneself by fire is to prove that what one is saying is of the utmost importance. There is nothing more painful than burning oneself. To say something while experiencing this kind of pain is to say it with utmost courage, frankness, determination, and sincerity. There you go. Now, That's th- what one uh, Vietnamese uh, monk wrote about the uh, people who burn themselves. Yeah,
2: I'm not, I, this guy on on Facebook um, had put a comment including the date of his planned self-burning with a fire emoji. Apparently, they have an emoji on Facebook that when you announce that you're going to burn yourself to death,
3: no, 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 you can put it's out just, the emoji. No, no, it's just a fire. I, I've seen it on my. <laughs> There's not a body. Oh, it's in the not. Fire. It's not a body of the fire? It's no, bir- it's just a fire. Emoji, oh, it's like Burning it? Man. I mean, yeah, it's. <laughs> it could be used for many. I don't think they put a self-immolation emoji on, on, on social media. I don't think that would. Hopefully, uh, Elon Musk won't let that happen on Twitter. Uh, this is what I mentioned. David Bucal, a prominent. I think we did this story. Civil rights lawyer. Turned environmental advocate, set himself on fire in Prospect Park in Brooklyn. Uh-huh. Same reason in 2018 to, pro- to protest climate change. Wow.
2: Anybody yeah. sell their car?
3: Uh, <laughs> sell their car. <laughs> Anybody and turn
2: down the air conditioning in their house?
3: Another guy did this in front of the White House in 2019, but they don't have a motive in the case. Arnav Gupta. Oh, I remember that name too, Arnav Gupta. But it doesn't, we never yeah. found out why.
2: All the, Well, they're heating the planet. That's what they're doing.
3: All right, more coming up, including, oh, uh, you're going to know this story as soon as you hear it, but we got to cover it next. Johnny Kent, KFI. Let's uh, do this story. You've heard this before, although when we've covered this, it's usually happening in a place like San Francisco, but not this time. This is from NBC4's John Caddy's Climac, and it takes us to Woodland Hills to see that, uh, what do you know, a drugstore is closing down.
5: Now and day, every word's getting bad. Customers outside this ride at the corner of Ventura and Topanga in Woodland Hills say they'll miss this doing? local staple when it closes good. for good on Monday.
4: It's been here forever since I remembered.
5: It's a
2: bad
1: uh, consequence for for all the crime that's uh, happening in the area and uh... It's a, it's a pity that uh, it's gotten to this point.
5: Multiple employees tell NBC4 the decision comes from the higher-ups, a combination of higher rent and increased store thefts, leading to the store's ultimate demise. We checked with LAPD about recent crime nearby, and according to their crime mapping information, 107 incidents were reported nearby in just the last six months, ranging from vehicle thefts to burglary, robbery, and assaults. This place has been around a long time, and it didn't used to be a problem. In a statement to NBC4 from Rite Aid's corporate office, they don't mention the crime stats specifically but say this store is one of 145 closures nationwide and that a decision to close a store is one they take very seriously based on a variety of factors including business strategy lease and rent considerations local business conditions and viability and store performance
4: it's bad as the economy is right now and I mean the employees you know need their jobs you know everything is going up it's it's bad
5: Right, it says it's transferring prescriptions and employees to other stores. For some customers, they say the sign of these times are daunting.
1: People are already needing jobs from the COVID closures and things like this that, you know, happened over two years ago at this point. And now how many jobs are we losing because businesses are shutting down because you can go in and steal nine hundred dollars worth of stuff and not be punished.
5: Again, Riley confirms they are going to close this store on Monday, the 25th. They say for any customers who might be looking for their prescriptions, be sure you give them a call and they're going to try to get them to you as close to their closest store to you as possible.
3: Ah, that, That last woman there. Her name is Jessica Morelli. She cited Prop 47. Businesses are closing down because she can quit and steal $900 worth of stuff and not yeah. be punished. She's close, $950, but the message is getting out there. People yeah. are aware, although, this stuff that they both said about jobs from last I heard, there's plenty of jobs available for people. That That's uh, Deborah's Rite Aid.
6: Yeah, it's a mess there. I I'm terrified to go to that shopping center because there are so many people that are on drugs. A lot of homeless people. It's it's a mess. It's a bad situation around
2: there. Is it part no. of a strip
6: mall? Yeah, yeah. There's oh, restaurants. Oh, think of and... Woodland
2: Hills like that. Wow.
6: Yeah, there's there's many that, stores that's and restaurants to, that, in that area. That's
2: supposed to be a nice part of Los Angeles, Woodland
3: Hills. It, it's, yeah,
6: it's okay. It's it's nice. Ventura
3: and Topanga is what well, yeah. it is. Well, you're there.
6: Well. I... I don't make the big bucks like you, John. What? No, and I'm not at Ventura and Topanga, but that is my neck of the woods, and I've gone to restaurants there. I go to that Ralph's once in a while. There's also a Sprouts there, and it's a very seedy kind of (laughs) area.
3: (laughs) Sprouts. I'm I'm saddened. Is this this Rite Aid where you get your anxiety drugs?
6: No. (laughs) I do not take anxiety drugs, number one. And number two, I don't go to that Rite Aid.
3: Number one, you should. Number two, there is a weed dispensary across the street from it, though. I've been there.
6: Oh, there That's where you get the edibles? She's animals? been That's there. I, I like the that. edibles, yes. Well, uh,
3: 107 incidents in just the last six months in that neighborhood, according to LAPD's crime mapping information, and I mean, the list was severe: vehicle thefts, burglary, robbery, and assaults.
2: Wow, that's bad. It isn't
3: like uh, loitering. Is what I'm saying. No, that's aggressively violent. <laughs> that's and scary. like Every other day, something happened, right? Yeah. That's, that's, I get, and it uh, looks that bad.
2: I mean, there's there's all those characters wandering around and loitering and sleeping. Oh, yeah. I, I, wow. There never used to would've...
3: be a time that I would complain. Uh, this is going back maybe ten years now. That the only things that were going up in my neighborhood were two things being built: banks. And pharmacies. That's all they were putting in. But now the pharmacies are starting to fade away thanks to all the shoplifting and... Well, maybe there's too many. You you also reach a point where you've just... Uh, you know, you've overdone yeah. the expansion of the product, uh, especially the way people can order things sent to their home, even drugs. Everything can be sent to your
2: well, home. Well, and in and the in the uh, pharmacies now, they, they lock up a lot of products. I mean, I, uh, the CDS I go to near my house... Is incredibly irritating because so much ordinary stuff is locked up, and at the same time, they don't have employees uh, that have a key to open the
3: uh, yeah. to open the lock. I wondered why they don't do this in the grocery stores much. I don't see anything locked up in grocery stores, even though there's things that you know can be considered valuable. But you're right, pharmacies do this a lot. I guess because it's easy in and easy out. When it comes to pharmacies, that's where those people go to rip off mm-hmm. places.
5: Yeah,
2: I, I, I don't They're know.
3: smaller. You just run right in and grab whatever I don't. I
2: mean, I, there's security guards at the two grocery stores I go to now.
3: Oh, well, there is? Oh. Yeah.
2: Mo- and for oh, multiple see. reasons. Talked about her
3: neighborhood. Look at yours. Oh,
2: they chase. Uh, yeah, but she lives in a nicer neighborhood.
3: Oh, yeah, right. Oh, she does? <laughs> no. I'm afraid you have Kamala Harris walking around your neighborhood. Well, yeah, there you go. See? <laughs> <laughs> um, do I see more security guards in stores than I used to Uh Well, they got them. They got them
2: for the homeless, partly. And then they got them to enforce the mask uh, mandate. Right, and that that was that that's when those guards became twenty four hours, and they got aggressive and obnoxious. And that's yeah. remember we we people were standing in line at grocery stores because they were uh, controlling the inflow. You couldn't have too many people at any one time.
3: Oh yeah, but that's the oh. whole COVID thing, right?
2: That was a COVID thing. But I'm saying they, they they also have been hired more frequently to deal with vagrants in the parking lot, or, or vagrants walking into the store and uh, fouling the produce.
3: Yeah, I was in L A. the other day, and it was actually early. And I was walking down the street. This is kind of in the Fairfax district. And I noticed, like, a couple of big security guards outside a place. And, of course, when I walked by and looked up, yeah, it was med men. It was medical marijuana. Yeah.
2: No, it's full employment for uh, shaven-headed thick necks. For... <laughs> For you mean for security? For security, for... yeah, yeah. Ever see those? They got they got they got big bald
3: heads, and they have like. Well, you these, want them to look these... intimidating. If you're going to hire security, you're not going to hire a little weenie. And
2: they have thick, fat necks, and there's like ripples of fat in the back of their necks.
3: You're going to have Deborah Mark running around with a little taser.
6: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh yeah, I'd scare a lot of people. Stop now! <laughs>
3: right.
6: Hold it right there.
3: <laughs> you come back. Get over well, here. We're sorry about your neighborhood, Deborah Mark. Losing a yeah. ride, it's really gone to hell, huh?
6: Yeah. Well, it's not gone to hell. It's just that that particular shopping center. It didn't surprise me when this happened. That's
2: an odd spot because that's not bordering on anything bad.
6: I know. It It, starts getting kind of
2: rural beyond that.
6: I I know. I don't understand it. I really don't. There's a lot of creepy people hanging out around there.
3: Hmm. All right. Coming up after 3 o'clock, you wouldn't think this would be controversial, but, you know, when the El Segundo Times covers it, it has to be. Thousands of cameras are watching you in Beverly Hills. They're adding even more cameras. And do you know, you dig into this story and you find out surveillance cameras apparently are racist. It's terrible. <laughs> all right, all this is coming up. John and Ken, KFI.
2: America's, Americans eating more meat than five years ago. The end of veganism?
3: Question mark? What? I saw the full the, story over the, the weekend. By the way, the meat, numbers, the meat numbers actually dropped significantly in the country during the 90s. I didn't know that. Oh, wow, it's making but they've come back to life in the last five years. There you <laughs> go. People have had enough of that. Deborah Mark's people did Damn. have an impact a couple of decades ago. I didn't realize how <laughs> yeah. much. Because remember, in the 50s, that's all anybody ate. In the 60s, 70s, there wasn't as much being thrown about about uh yeah
2: but everybody's rice. tired of it you gotta have a real meal
6: you can't say everybody <laughs> you because have that's something. that's not that's not
3: i it says the end of veganism question
2: mark
6: oh, I, i'm I, still gonna be a vegan uh
3: it could be a little no, i don't think so deborah i think you're right you're gonna stay around because when you. i saw that story i was like wow there was a try now people are coming back to but there there's always going to be a significant not significant well, is it two percent of the vegans
2: <laughs> it's, it's some little tiny insignificant amount
3: but there's a lot of people who are hybrids. I run into a lot of people that yes. oh, I'm not a vegan, I'm not a vegetarian, but I just eat meat like once a month. So well,
6: pescatarian. You just eat Pescatarian.
3: Yeah, you eat fish. <laughs> Ooh. That would be my last choice. <laughs> I'd rather eat And did I hear today that there was some poison lentils at one of the uh, supermarkets, Deborah? No. What? Oh, There's a recall. It's called Dahl, DAL, D A L.
6: Oh, I love Doll.
3: Yeah? Yeah. You should look up the story because I think they're recalling some doll at uh-huh. one of the uh, look at one that. Of Whole Foods. I don't want to dis- be smart. It's you, one of those. You can't trust lentils. Uh, well, speaking of Deborah Marks, she made an anet- another appearance at another NBA playoff game. This just has to stop. As long as the Minnesota Timberwolves are in the playoffs, these women will storm the court over the dead chickens. That's it. That's the story right there. So the owner, this one, the oh, owner de-
2: owns a, a, a chicken company. Yes. Right. And uh, there was a bird flu outbreak, and so they're mass executing the chickens.
3: Yes. His name is Glenn Taylor. And this started with the play-in game a couple of weeks ago, and then the rounds next last weekend. The first woman tried to glue her hands to the court. The second woman chained herself to the backboard pole. This one... This one, really uh, creative. She actually had herself almost courtside. She was in the second row, and she had, well, an outfit that sort of looked like she was a referee. It was kind of a stripe, (laughs) kind of a shirt, black and gray color or something. There's a picture of her. Her name is Sasha Zemmel. Uh, We have some audio of this happening at the game from the Timberwolves. I think it was the same guys we played last time, the Timberwolves broadcasters, Dave Benz. And Jim Peterson for Bally Sports North. Pete Beverly, what's going on here? Oh wow! Somebody's run onto the floor. Beverly goes into the front row on the other. <laughs> line with these people.
2: <laughs> what's wrong with these people?
3: <laughs> <laughs> and there's somebody else there who's trying oh, to go going after Trent Miller. They're going after people are
2: insane. Yeah.
3: Thankfully, everybody, aside from the people protesting, appear to be okay. Uh, She was tackled. That's why they were all worked up there. Um, She's from St. Louis. Sasha Zemmel It's the group. Direct action everywhere. Now, she wears a makeshift referee jersey with the number... 5.3 5.3 on the back. What do you think that means? Uh, I don't know. 5.3 million chickens killed.
2: Oh, I after
3: see. the bird flu outbreak at this company called Rembrandt <laughs> so, Enterprise.
2: What's next? Is somebody going to set themselves on fire at midcourt?
3: I was, I was just thinking that guy that just did yeah, it at well, the Supreme Court. Uh, like self-immolation. These women have to step up the way he did. That's right. That guy uh, self-immolated. Right. These that's two or the what? Dre- act
2: you're dressing drug. up as referees and running on the court. Come on. That's that's minor league. Especially if you're claiming the
3: chickens were roasted. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you gotta roast yourself. Oh. She appears hey. to be wearing a jacket, <laughs> and then according to the animal rights group, this is what they said, she, she had a whistle. She attempted to whistle to stop play as she approached this man Taylor in his courtside seat to wish you a technical foul and ejection. You get it? Well, fine. Oh, by the way, he's the wealthiest person in Minnesota. She jumped over him. Oh, she did. She jumped over Taylor. Yeah, she was in the second row behind him. Yeah. And then blew the whistle on him. Oh, she never got the
2: chance to blow the whistle on him.
3: She no, she got tackled. Glenn (laughs) over roasts animals alive. He
2: never got the technical foul for mass roasting chickens.
3: No, he did not get the (laughs) technical foul. Deborah, did you hear that announcer? Mm -hmm. What what did he say? These people are insane. I heard. Uh She doesn't believe in this type of protest.
6: I don't, but I understand it. I wouldn't do it. I would do other things.
3: All right.
2: Well, I'm watching you on the screen here. I don't want to see you go up in flames one day. (laughs) These people are
3: insane. I guess they're hoping if just one person... Watching this broadcast. What are, what are they going to do? Goes online to get involved to stop this man from roasting chickens. It'll be worth it. Aren't they all dead by now? I'm sure. Uh, yeah, but he'll do this again next time, I think, is their point. Uh-huh.
2: Well, I, what are you supposed has, uh, to do with millions of sick chickens? Like, what's uh, the market for that?
3: You send them to the... You put them in the desert with the homeless? <laughs> That's your answer to everything.
2: Well, let the homeless eat the sick chickens, then.
3: They're, uh, it's weird that... Uh, so I'm guessing as long as the Timberwolves are still in the playoffs, these people keep showing up to try to disrupt the game because of the owner. I, I can't see anything.
2: Nah, there's nothing you really can do to stop it.
3: And by the way, she waited until there was 1044 left in the third quarter, so past the halftime before she decided to bolt mm. from the second row and try to eject him with it and give him a technical foul. All right, when we come back, you know, Beverly Hills doesn't put up with what a lot of Los Angeles puts up with. And when it comes to this latest horrible uh, couple of years of crime we've had, they've decided one thing they're going to do is add security cameras, surveillance cameras to keep an eye on things. You wouldn't think this would be controversial, but if you're a writer for the El Segundo Times, mm-hmm. it is. Oh. What the, about privacy? What about racism? These the, are the issues we need to confront. The woke because heads of our are camera. upset.
2: So, uh, fact, what's the name of the woke head uh, for this uh, story? Libor Jani? Libor Jani? Libor Jani.
3: That's a new name.
2: What is that? Libor Jani.
3: it's a, oh, it's a long, guy. long article about uh, them doing this, and they're going to add more security oh, cameras.
2: He's new. Uh, he joined the Times in 2022. He covered public safety for the Star Tribune in Minneapolis. Oh, that's a big woke hole city, too. That's where all the trouble started.
3: All right, it's coming up next.
2: Johnny Ken, KFI. Deborah Mark, uh, live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. It's never been more important to diversify your financial portfolio.
3: Well, that's right. The S&P is down 20% from the last year, and this year looks even worse.
2: Gold and precious metals offer a hedge against inflation and stock market volatility. And Legacy Precious Metals is the company Ken and I
3: trust. Protect your retirement account by rolling it into a gold IRA or have metals shipped directly to your door. Call our friends at Legacy Precious Metals today at
2: 866-691-2173
0: or visit buylegacygold.com. complete terms.